Hi, welcome to the Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at the Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. And today is a day when all of those followers of Jesus went and they met in one place and the Holy Spirit came down on them and just filled them with the power that they needed to go and be the, the first believers, the first followers of Jesus. So I think that is an awesome thing and um, that God's patterns never changed. He wants you to follow Christ, and he knows that it's hard to do that, almost, in fact, impossible without the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is something that many people want as little to do with as possible because they are unsure. It's strange. But the reality is, church, that it's the Holy Spirit that unifies the whole church. And without the Holy Spirit in churches and in believers all across the world, there is no church. And his purpose is to bring the church together, to be in one mind, of one heart and one voice. And unfortunately, people have pushed the Holy Spirit to one side in the interests of tradition or denomination. And the Holy Spirit is sometimes standing outside the church saying, I want back in again. (laughs) I need to be, I need, I, let me in so that you can see my power and you can experience my gifts for yourself and I'm going to superpower the church by doing that. And so, um, this is what today is about. And in Luke chapter 24, in verse 49, you know the story, Jesus has been with his followers, they've walked to the Mount of Olives, and um, he's shown himself to his followers uh, a few times, numerous times, and here they are in this place, and um, he, he is ascended, he goes up in a cloud, and some of you might be saying, well, that's strange, but that's what happened. But before he goes, he says to the people that are there, his followers, he says, I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised, but I want you to stay here in the city, in Jerusalem. I want you to stay there until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power. Don't move. Just stay there. And I don't, I don't know. I think um, sometimes as Christians, as believers, we, we miss it. We get itchy feet. We don't tarry or wait for long enough. Jesus says, don't move. And then in Isaiah chapter 64, verse 4, it says, For since the beginning of the world, men haven't heard, nor have they perceived by their ear, nor has the eye seen any God besides you who acts for the one who waits on him. God is saying, I'm unlike any other God, small g, because you have my promise. If you would wait for me, I will act on your behalf. I will act. Amen? And so, here we get this 
this word coming up, God is going to act on our behalf, move through us, and we are going to begin to act like, if you understand what I'm saying, we, we become like Christ. We act in the same fashion as he did. And so God wants us to wait. Now, you might say, well, are we going to be here until five o'clock today, Pastor David? <laughs> I don't think so. But I want you to understand that even in your, in your own home, wherever you are, there are times we need to wait on the Lord. We need to wait on the Holy Spirit. We need to tarry until we feel that power, until we get the top up, the, 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 the refill that we need, the refreshing of the Holy Spirit. Romans 15 verse 13 says, I pray that God, the source of hope, who's the source of hope? God, if, you don't, if, you're, if you're in this place today and you're feeling hopeless about life, God is the source of hope. He will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him, and then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. You will flow, overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. So we need the Holy Spirit to give, to help us to be hopeful. And that's another reason why when we minister to people just after we've shared the word for just a little bit here, if you are hopeless, we'll pray for you, that the Holy Spirit will fill you and give you the hope of a future that you've never, that you didn't know was possible. It's possible. It's possible. So, amen. We're hopeless without the Holy Spirit. We're also powerless without the Holy Spirit. We're just people. But the Holy Spirit enables us by his power to be hopeful people. And I don't know about you, but the type of people I like being around are hopeful people. We meet the hopeless and we say, come on, let's get you hoping but it's good to be around people that are full of hope because they bring the hopeless up and they, and they, and they help. I was hopeless. In fact, I felt, I felt hopeless yesterday, totally hopeless. Just had a moment where I felt totally hopeless, bereft of anything. And we have moments like that and then the Holy Spirit reminds you because if you're born again, he lives in you. He reminds you, I'm here I'm going to help you get through this. And so, today is not just a message of how the Holy Spirit wants to empower you and help you and fill you with gifts. Who doesn't enjoy receiving a gift? But it's also to let you know and remind you that the power of the Holy Spirit is the same power that raised Jesus from the grave. So it's a continuation. What those people felt... What they felt in the upper room was the same power. In fact, the whole room, the, the place trembled and shook. It was earth-shattering power that they experienced in that upper, upper room. And so this morning, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, and if you don't believe that, I'm hoping when you leave here today, you'll be questioning that in yourself. It's the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. It's a continuation of his risen power. 
And um, I believe, and I've spoken to people this week, I believe the Holy Spirit is drawing people's gaze back to the redemptive work of the cross and the grave. That's what the, you know, when, 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 when those people, when those first followers became the first evangelists and went out preaching, do you know what? Every Sunday was Resurrection Sunday. It's not like we just, oh, Resurrection Sunday, Easter. Every Sunday was Resurrection Sunday because they never stopped preaching that they had been with the one who went to the cross and who was risen from the dead. Every single time they preached, they preached the cross. Every single time they preached, they preached that Jesus rose from the grave. And then they began to minister, and the Holy Spirit began to flow because the very power that raised Jesus from the dead continued in them through the power of the Holy Spirit. This was the message of the first followers of Jesus. And thank God for the book of Acts. You know, if, if, any of, if there was just one gospel, we would still see and know what Jesus was like. But if there was no book of Acts, we'd be in deep trouble. We wouldn't have those stories of the early church. We wouldn't have the history of the church. We wouldn't know what those, what the, what those first believers went to do. So it's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing. And the acts of the apostles were written because the apostles acted upon the prompting of the Holy Spirit. You might leave here today and something will nag you until you do something about it. I'm praying that it does. And you know what? Nagging is a powerful thing. In fact, the Bible actually says nagging is so powerful that if someone nags at you, you actually will go and live in the corner of your attic to get away from it. The nagging is so powerful. In fact, you know what? See, see what do they call those things torture during the war? Water dripping. I would just say, listen, just get someone. I'm not going to mention any gender here. I'm just going to say, just get someone to nag. And I think sometimes that we need that, that gnawing away until we begin to act on something. And if we don't move or if we don't act like the apostles did when, that, when the Holy Spirit speaks to us, we lose the opportunity to act at all. So we need to act. So 120 people, ordinary people. Who's, is there any, are there any ordinary people here today? We're, well, we're ordinary but extraordinary in the Spirit. But ordinary people. And they went out under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. But they didn't go out without any tools. The Holy Spirit gave them tools, equipped them to fulfill God's plans. And I'm not going to go into this next section too deeply because that's not what I believe we should do. But the Holy Spirit has nine gifts for the church. And those, these gifts are wonderful. And, and, the, and God's word, it says, desire the gifts. Desire them, like really want them. And it says, it goes even further and it says, desire the best gifts. Desire them. And so if you don't know what these gifts are, you know, a lot of people think, well, I've heard about this um, baptism in the Holy Spirit thing and, and it's all about speaking in strange languages and tongues and, and, and all of these things. And that is a sign and an evidence of the Holy Spirit baptizing you and filling you up. But it's not, the only, it's not, what it's, it's not only that. It's the Holy Spirit 
giving you a gift, and he might give Sarah Lee a gift that he won't give to Elaine. They might, we'll have, we have different gifts, and our gifts complement each other. And that is how the church remains strong, because all of us have different gifts. And I must not covet Lewis's gift. I must not be jealous of his gift. Even if I think I can do it better than him, it's his gift, and I can't do it better. And so the gifts are given by the Holy Spirit for us to hold responsibly and with great awe because these are the gifts that are going to turn people's lives around. And the gifts might be a word of wisdom. Who can know the mind of God? Who really knows God? I wish I could read, you know, I wish I knew what you were thinking, God. I wish I knew what to do. Well, the gift of the word of wisdom lets you in on knowing what God is thinking in a moment. The gift of the word of knowledge is a little tiny fragment of knowledge about a person or a place or a thing that you would never, ever have known about that person. A, a complete stranger can walk into your company or you can whatever, meet them, and then immediately the Holy Spirit says to you, here is a word of knowledge concerning that person. It's a gift. The discerning of spirits the ability to see into the supernatural, supernatural realm. Oh, I, I, you know, these days people believe almost anything. And I believe that there is a real curiosity concerning the, the, the supernatural world. But we have the gift of the discerning of spirits, the, the, the ability to see. I know that Muslims have encounters with Jesus Christ. I know people who have, in a physical sense, seen the powers of darkness in their environment. Then there's other gifts like prophecy. Prophecy, not to, not to bring condemnation and like, do you know what? Thus saith the Lord, next week, you're for it. And we know that, we, we know that in, if you go to the prophetic voices of the old covenant, they had to say what they had to say. Because God was like, I, I'm not, man, I've, I've, I've felt, you know, you think your feelings are hurt. I've felt rejected for, you know, eons. <laughs> and so we have prophecy, the gift of prophecy to build the church up, to encourage people, to edify people. The gift of, of tongues, and in, in, in the book of Acts, those first tongues, they were, those tongues were, the, were, were native tongues of other people that people did not know how to speak. But they began speaking in them, and then all these, the, the, the people in the earth, hang on a second, how come you're speaking in our language? You're, well, we don't know. It's a move of the Holy Spirit. It was the gift of speaking in tongues. And then there's, there's tongues for the edification of you yourself. When you don't know, you're at the end of your rope and you don't know what to pray for, the Holy Spirit begins to pray through you in a, with groanings that cannot be uttered. He begins to, when, you know, sometimes <laughs> I, could, I could cry when I think of this, but have you ever just sat down and sighed because there's nothing else that you can, there's no other sound you can make. You just let out a groan or a sigh because there's nothing else that you have inside you. Let the Holy Spirit begin to pray through you. Maybe it will be groans. Maybe it will be sighs. Maybe it will develop into 
a heavenly prayer language that you'll use to, to build yourself up. The gift of the interpretation of tongues is one of the most abused gifts in the church. And it's, a, it's another sermon teaching on it. But the ability to interpret a tongue that is given in the church corporately when we're all here together. Otherwise, who would understand what is being said? And then finally, these three power gifts, the gift of faith. So we all have faith, don't we? But the, the gift of faith is, is, it runs alongside our own gift of faith. It's a gift of faith for something in a moment. It's something that, is, that we would, it's something like parting the Red Sea. It's something that is supernatural and, and you, you have the ability to do it. You can, it's like also, I guess missionaries would need the gift of faith because they are in their lives are in danger. They would need the gift of faith. Trust, unwavering faith and trust in God to prevent them from coming to harm. Amen. It's like Daniel in the lion's den. The lion's mouths were shut. Those boys, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, they just prayed, man. They just stood in the midst of those flames and they prayed. And, and uh, Sorry, in the burning furnace. And then Daniel in the lion's den, the mouths of the lions were shut. Prayer. The gift of faith. The gift of working of miracles. God intervening in the course of our lives and doing a miracle. And then finally, the gift of healing. Wouldn't we all like to have the gift of healing? The gift of healing the healing of disease without any natural intervention, without any medicine, without any human logic or human, human whatever reasoning, a supernatural gift to heal people without the intervention of any doctor, the gift of healing. And that, these, are, these are for today. Naaman's leprosy. Go and do this. Go and dip in this muddy stream. Oh, I'm not doing that. Well, if you want to be healed, go and do it. His leprosy's healed. King Hezekiah has boils. Go and put this pasty stuff on there and do that. And just supernatural gifts of healing. Amen. And these gifts, the Holy Spirit wants you to have them. He wants the church to have them. He wants us to have them so that we can not only break the yoke of bondage, but destroy it. You know, when I was on the side of the road this week, my motorcycle broke down. It was broken, but I can fix it. But if it was destroyed, I'd never be able to use it again. So the anointing of the Holy Spirit is, we talk about breaking, breaking things, breaking chains, breaking. The, the anointing destroys the yoke. You can fix something that's broken, but you can never retrieve anything that has been destroyed. Isn't that true? Amen. And so here we go. These people walked out. It's like we're just going to tell the redemption story from the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky. And then what happens after that? Holy Spirit down to earth. He is here, he is here today. And they went out and they talked to people with, under the power of the Holy Spirit. Wherever they went, they had a way of relating to people. 
I think this is one of the things that we, we struggled with when we first came here back from the, the sunny skies of South Africa was, although we were born and raised here, we lost our way of relating with the people of this area. And we came back and we, it was a Holy Spirit thing helping us. Wherever you go, the Holy Spirit will help you relate to people. You know, it doesn't matter sometimes just what you say, but where you say it. Where you say it. When they went to, when they went to preach, you know, when Paul went to Corinth to preach, that message was for the Corinthians. You know where Corinth, that's where the temple of Aphrodite was. A thousand priestesses, um, a.k.a. prostitutes, would come out every evening to do their thing. And Paul went there and the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit, and he had a word for them. He said, you're immoral, drunkards, rev, all of these things. He went straight for the jugular. The Holy Spirit changed that because the Holy Spirit was moving in his life. Amen. So this is, this is what happens. The Holy Spirit does that. When they went to Antioch, they preached the Old Testament because the people there loved the Old Testament. When they went to Athens, they used poetry because the Greeks loved their poetry. When they went to um, Lystra in the back of beyond the boondocks, they didn't use any books because no one there knew anything. So wherever they went with the Holy Spirit, they ministered to people under the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So what, what I say today to someone might not be the thing that I have to say to someone tomorrow. It's never the same twice. Amen? And so all they did was say, do you know what? We're going to speak about Christ and they began in the here and the now of their listeners. Where are you this morning? Tudorai Road, co-winning, sitting in the Bridge Church in the here and the now. And all, you, all we need to do is when we speak to people, we say there's a there and a then. You move from the here and the now to the there and the then. Where was the there? The there was the hill, the cross. That was the, that was the there where Jesus Christ was crucified, condemned by men to die on a cross. And what was the then? Then he rose from the grave. The there and the then. Hallelujah. You're a quiet church. I think this is amazing. And I, be, I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to take the church in Scotland. And I'm praying especially for young people today. The word says that in the latter days, your young people, your young men and women, they will prophesy. The young the young. I believe he's going to, the, I believe that young people, young people are not looking for a church experience the way we grew up knowing it. I believe that they're looking for an experience with the holy God in the holy of holies. They're looking for a holy experience. And I believe that the, the Holy Ghost is going to be the author of that in lives today. Amen. So they go out and they were preaching. Every Sunday, as I said, was Resurrection Sunday. That's it. 
And he empowered their preaching because he was just doing one thing. I want you to draw everyone's attention to one thing because the hour had come. Jesus had gone to the cross. The light of the world had come down into darkness. Amen. And they came and they says, we've got two things to say to you today. We've got an offer and a warning. We've got an offer of promise for the rest of your life. If you will say yes to God today, if you will ask Jesus into your life, you will, you will be adopted into God's family and receive all the promises he has from you. Or we have a warning for you if you reject him. If you say no to him and it is your choice, then you will be separated from God. And that means separated for eternity. And if I had a bit of rope in this place today, and I put a microscopic dot on it, that would be our life in eternity and probably not even that because that rope never ends. Eternity. The Holy Spirit, I believe, convicts us of eternity. You know, if you're an unbeliever sitting in this place today and you've never said yes to Jesus, the Holy Spirit, you know the Holy Spirit because he's already been at your heart. He's already been ministering to your heart through your conscience. He's already there. He's already been knocking on the door of your heart. So what we're talking about this morning is not just for believers. It's for the unbeliever too. Amen? And so this morning you can receive salvation from your past. This morning you can choose to receive God's love and forgiveness You can be reconciled to the God who made you. And then you can move on with him. You can say yes or no. And I'm going to give that opportunity this morning to anyone in this place to say yes yes to Jesus today. And when you say yes to Jesus, the Holy Spirit's going to come and reside in your life, just like he did with Josh and with Sarah Lee and with Ollie and with all these people who recently gave their lives to Jesus. And then... After that, there's more. There's even more. The Holy Spirit says, I will fill you. Be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Matthew 3.11, I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming. This is John the Baptist speaking. Someone's coming who's greater than I am. He's so great that I'm not even worthy to tie up his sandal straps, and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And so to close this, this word, this message this morning, we prayed in the green room this morning with the team that we would be living sacrifices, living sacrifices. And you know what? If you think about God's word, there's an Old Testament and a New Testament. And many things that were in the Old Testament are just shadows of what's in the New Testament. And in the Old Testament, it talks about burnt offerings. Does anyone know that? And so they have all of this um, talk about burnt offerings. And these were made to atone for people's sins and things like that, to put them in right standing with God. And so certain offerings, and God was very specific about these offerings. And as they were burnt and gave off a certain aroma, 
that would be, that would seal the deal for God and everything would be fine. And so in the New Testament now, here we are, you and me, and we offer up our lives as a living sacrifice. But what is the fire that's involved? The fire that's involved is the fire of the Holy Spirit. And he comes down upon the believer and he purifies our life. And that fire purifies us and refines us and makes us fit for service in the church. And so it's really important. The act of our offering, when the act of our offering our lives to him is consummated by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes in after you've given your life to Jesus. And this morning, I want to say this this morning. We are not manipulating anything here today. The Holy Spirit is in this place. And as the team worship and sing, we are going to put our hands on you and we're just going to ask the Holy Spirit to baptize you in his power and with his gifts. We are not going to lead anything. When we lay our hands on your, on your stomach or on your head, we will pray that rivers of living water flow up from your belly. And that, whatever that might look like, you might leave here today feeling, I don't really know what happened there and get home tonight. And you'll be doing the ironing and next minute a spiritual song will come out of your mouth. Or you'll be walking this week and all of a sudden you'll be drawn to someone and you will find that the gift of healing will be operating in your life. Or you will be drawn to someone and the gift of the word of knowledge will be in your life. And you'll go to that person and you, out of, you've, you've, you would never know this without the Holy Spirit showing you that that person, I'll just simplify it, that person needs a hug because they've just lost a loved one. A word of knowledge. How would you, have, you, have you lost someone this week that, that has been close to you? These are words of knowledge. Beware. Never do that out of your flesh. We only operate out of the power of the Holy Spirit. And so this is what's going to happen. There was an old temple, and now there's a new temple. You're it. We are it. We are the new temple. And the Holy Spirit wants to fill the temple with the glory of God, with the aroma of God. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Do you not know that you are the temple? You, do, you are the temple. You are the temple. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter.